With me always, my main man, Dwayne Delawaychuk. How are we doing today, Shuey? Doing very good. It's nice outside. Spring is in the air. The Easter Bunny's close to coming. And uh, I think uh, we've got some good news coming down the pipe here for us at the rink and all the young, young male and female hockey players around Manitoba. Yeah, so coming up Friday, uh, restrictions have lifted a little bit. We're going to be able to have more kids on the ice. The last couple of weeks have been kind of tough on parents. They want to watch their kids. They want to see how their kids are developing. They haven't been able to because they couldn't come in the building. So now um, parents are going to be able to come in. Only one, unfortunately, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to open up a little bit more. So we're excited here at the rink. Uh, getting back to the way things used to be kind of and uh just a matter of time i'm hoping keeping my fingers crossed that we're running uh like there was never a pandemic in the first place that's all great news and you know i think the parents will be happy you know mom and dad they can you know make a decision who's going to come and watch but it just adds that next step that everybody wants and like you said hopefully fingers crossed that we can take the next step here in a couple weeks and uh before you know it we'll be back to our normal life but still you know, we got to realize that uh, these steps have been taken just because we've been responsible. And, you know, we give credit to all the coaches and all the rink player development, rink goalie development, all the staff here at the rink. You know, we wouldn't have been able to do this without their help. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's nice. And uh, just like spring is in the air, we're hoping more hockey is in the air. Exactly. Let's move on now, Chewy, to the NHL. We haven't chatted about uh, the NHL in a while. Uh, Canucks Jets just finished up a two-game homestand in Winnipeg. Uh, Saturday's game, kind of a stinker. What did you think of that game? And how did you like how the Jets rebounded in their game on, was it Monday night? Yeah, no, I thought, the, you know, with the first game against Vancouver, I thought they just kind of came out flat. Uh, they didn't have a lot of jump to them. They didn't really have that mentality, which is kind of made up their identity now, or they're trying to continue to make their identity where, you know, they're an offensive team that likes to grind the puck, likes to play, you know, physical kind of, you know, north-south game. They're going to put a lot of pucks to the net, and then their skill is going to take over. And, you know, we didn't really see much of that on uh, on uh, Saturday night. But then on Monday, it was a totally different team. I think it was a little bit of a wake-up call. I think on Monday night, the, the leaders of the team led by example, which which is great to see and uh you know a, a great another performance by Brissois. yeah you know what i watched both games a uh, saturday night was not my favorite game to watch it was kind of boring and then my furnace blew up um so my mind was a little bit elsewhere uh but i was really excited i love watching to see how teams rebound you know you're not going to get your your a game every single time but it's you know in golf i always say it's all about the recovery shot so I liked seeing how the Jets rebounded on Monday night. I also enjoyed them putting uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois back at center. How exciting is that line, by the way? You got Pierre-Luc Dubois between Ehlers and Connor. You know, they're young. Uh, they're really fun to watch. So I really like that line. And I, I really enjoyed watching Stastny and Wheeler together. Two older guys with Shifley. And it seemed to kind of seem to work on both ends of the spectrum. So... Uh, that was a great game to watch. I was excited that the Jets rebounded. And, and we're getting top-end goaltending from both guys. But it's always nice when you get your backup in there and you're not worried that we're giving away points just because we got the backup in. This year, Brassois looks like he's 
you know, he's a number one goaltender right now. So that's always nice to see as well. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, I think his record's four and one now. And, you know, it's great to see that he's kind of been able to take that step. And I think if you talk to him, uh, last year was a little bit of a year that he'd want back. And I think that this year he's come out strong and been able to play. And like you say, it's such a bonus for a team that you can put your backup goalie and not your starter. And you know that you're going to get a solid effort every night and, and have that opportunity to get the two points. Uh, what do you think of Brassois' setup for all the goalie fans out there? That was pretty sick. But it, I loved how it was matching. But you know what? I phoned our, uh, I phoned our text. I, I communicated, I guess you could say, with the old uh, hockey guru, Ryan Sear. And I really felt that uh, his pads looked big on him. Like they were a lot bigger and, you know, even his, you know, the glove and blocker looked big, but, you know, with his expertise and a little shout out to Ryan Sear, you know, he's uh, kind of gone out the pasture. He doesn't do much teaching anymore, but um, you know, he, he just said, it's just the dark colors and the way that they're made now, but he said that every goalie has to keep in certain restrictions and, you know, he's playing well with that new equipment. So it's great to see. How about you? Well, I think if you ask players, they pads look really, look really big because he wasn't allowing very much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I, I thought I loved it. I love when goaltenders kind of the new, the new fad, I guess, the last couple of years is goaltenders going to white, you know, so the, you know, they can't, I was told years ago that when you wear uh, colored pads, that it allows good shooters to find the five hole or find spots on a goalie to pick. I don't know if there's any truth behind that, but I like it when I see goaltenders go back retro. When I was a kid, most of the goaltenders were wearing all black pads and I love it. Right. So, uh, and I like just the way he matched his pads and his helmet yeah. and those retro jerseys are sick. Right. So um, real quickly here, um, let's quickly take our picks for tonight's games. We got Leafs Canucks. Leafs are on a heater right now. There's, there seem to be the uh, kind of the top, of the of the north right now who do you like between the Leafs and the Canucks well I'm, I'm gonna jump off the Leafs bandwagon like everybody in the world is or in the north division I'm gonna go with the Canucks I thought the Canucks played really well against Winnipeg you know even in stretches in the second game where Winnipeg is the more dominant team I thought they played well I think that you know they're getting the goaltending now a little bit they're finding the start to you know score some goals by the guys who are supposed to score goals for them so I'm gonna say the Canucks are gonna kind of go in and try and bully the Leafs and, and win a close one Okay, I'm going to agree with you there. I think the Leafs are due for a loss. You know, it's, it's one thing when you go on these long win streaks, there's some games that you should be losing yeah. within those win streaks. So I'm expecting one of those to happen tonight. Who do you like between the Sens and the Flames? Uh, oh, the old brother uh, competition. I'm going to have to go with, I think, uh, the Senators. I think the Flames are on a little bit of a down roll spiral. I think, I don't know what's going on there, but their top players aren't playing well and, and you know, I just think they're just not firing on all cylinders as a team. So I'm going to go with the Senators there. I think the Senators are going to make a big push here in the second half. Okay, I would agree. I would say, well, I'm not agreeing at all. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say the Flames are going to find some type of some type of gusto for tonight's game. The, you know, I agree with you. There's something going on in, in Calgary right now. I don't know if that's – it looks more to me like that's the dressing room thing, um, you know, it's one thing if one player is not playing good, but across the board, I don't think anybody on that team right now can be happy with what's going on there. So I'm hoping the Flames uh, get out of this. So I'm going to say Flames tonight. And last but not least, who do you like between the Jets and Le Habitant? 
Well, I'm gonna gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna go with the Jets. I think that they feel that uh, they need to play better against the Montreal Canadiens when they play them. Um, I think that it'd be good to kind of build off that last game, and I'm excited to see how all these lines are going to kind of stick together and be consistent. Um, I think they kind of got their defensive core where they want it right now with the match with the partners and all that from the last game. So I think the Jets are going to go on a little bit of run here. They got a tough month. They play a ton of games, but I think that they're going to overcome the Canadian tonight. Okay, well, I'm taking the Jets, obviously, even if I think they're going to lose, I'm going with them. Um, yeah, tough stretch for the Jets coming up, but it's a good kind of measuring stick in the next couple of games. I'm super excited for, you know, not to look past the Canadians, because, I mean, you know, can everybody in this Northern Division, you can win or lose against. So not to look past Montreal, but I'm looking forward to the Toronto games coming up. Uh, always nice to measure yourself against the best, and they're the best right now. And we've only played them once. So I'm excited to see where we stand up after that game, especially after uh, Toronto just swept the Oilers three straight. So uh, I think we'll know a little bit more about the Northern Division, uh, you know, next week, late next week, after some of those games are, are done. And we'll see if Toronto's for real or if we'll see if some of these uh, teams that are a little bit behind catch up to Toronto by the end of next week. I agree 100%. So should we, should we get to the uh, podcast? We've got a beauty coming up. We've got Mitch Yeager. Uh He's out in the KHL right now. He also worked for the Rink Hockey Academy for a couple of years. Uh, let's get to that interview. We've got a great one coming up. Yeah, looking forward to it. Let's drop the puck, man. Welcome to the podcast. Former Rink Hockey Academy assistant coach and now video coach in the KHL. I'm not even going to attempt to say the name of the team because I'll butcher it. Welcome to the podcast, Mitch Yeager. How are we doing, Mitch? Haven't seen you in a while. Hello, boys. I'm doing great. Yeah, it's been a while. A couple, a couple months now, almost. Yeah, months. A uh, healthy year, at, at least. Is that, is that a new hairstyle you got? Yeah. You know what? I, I found a new uh, razor, so sharp, uh, more close to the head, I'll say. Actually, Mitch Good just reached out to me a couple weeks ago with his new clippers that he bought. The boulder, they're called, and it's... It gets them really close to the to the head, eh, Mitchy? Game, game changer, and you only need like maybe five minutes instead of the the bird and the cream and everything. Like it, it's it's a game changer. Hey, nothing like a shot fired from Chew early in the podcast asking a bald guy if he has a new hairstyle. I like that's, that style. That's chewy. One day <laughs> we'll get there. Okay, Mitch. Well, let's get to it. I mean, you're um, you're becoming quite uh, the world traveler here. Um, you know, it's hard to keep track of you. You're switching, you know, you're going from being assistant coach, from being head coach, now to video coach. Why don't you tell everybody kind of what you've been up to the last couple months months, and uh, let us know how things are going. So things fall apart just in a crazy way. So basically, uh, it was a tough decision for me and my family. We left rank uh, June or July, I think. Uh, my wife was a little bit homesick, so I decided to follow her. I thought that was maybe the last time I will ever coach. Uh, received an offer at the U Sports, and uh, one day I received a phone call by GM in the KHL, a guy that I was knowing since a couple of months now, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to be the video coach for their team uh, because they were looking for a video coach. So I said, yes, I apply. Uh, they send me some homework to do. I've, I've done video and everything. Um, 
they got I got the job. So basically, with the COVID and everything, I worked from home remotely. So I was doing everything that the GM or the coaching staff were asking me, pre-scout, in-game, uh, NHL video or, or, or things like that. Um, so they came back beginning of December, I think, and say, Mitch, uh, we can make it because uh, with the visa and everything, it's a little bit harder. Um, but because it's a KHL, it's kind of different. Um, so we start the process and I've received all the paperwork, I think, beginning of January and uh, now I'm here for uh, since what three almost three or four weeks so now I'm the video coach but uh, since I'm here I'll be honest with you I mostly do not do video because my job here totally changed so I'm more like a, an AC so I jump on the ice work with the players uh, work with the forwards uh, obviously we have like a lot of coaches but uh, they just give me some uh, some stuff to do uh, obviously I do video with like pre-scouting and, and things like that but my job change and uh, it's just it's been amazing so right now I'm in Russia in uh, Nizhny Novgorod it's probably like four hours 30 uh, out east from Moscow but uh, yeah that's I'm a traveler now I guess that's awesome. So you said you do uh, some pre-scouting stuff like that. I don't think a lot of people really know the work that goes into a video coach. Um, do you do much with players individually after a game or during days off? Do you go over video with them? And, and if so, what are some things that you go over with those players? It's the, the biggest difference. And I, I, I've learned it day one, I, I guess, like we're pro here. So you know, we, we don't do one-on-one -on -one video every day because we were playing mostly every two days with the travel and, and, and everything. Um, so I'll say here it's more team-based, the video. Uh, but since I'm here, I try to do a lot of one-on-one -on -one because I'm a true, I'm a big believer that video can change a lot of things. And most of the time when players can see themselves uh, what you, you you told them in game, what they've done wrong or, or, or things like that, they can just see it and now, oh yeah, right, okay, I know what, what, what you're talking about, coach. Like for me here, since I'm here, let's say we, we took a guy, uh, number 19, uh, he's a third round pick by Toronto, uh, he's alone for us this year, and uh, I just done video with him because he doesn't move his feet on the rushes since two or three games. So I just took some of his shift rushes that it didn't move his feet at all and just show it to him like it was maybe 30 seconds video I don't have to show him 15 minutes and I was like okay yeah I understand I thought I was moving so it's like no you're going to be able to build more speed create more deception create more offense so that's kind of one thing I can do the other thing too is when I came here uh face-offs we we are not the best team in the league obviously and I know you, you, you talk with Eric Fur and a lot of, of players that came here, the way to win a face-off here, it's totally different. You cannot tie up, you cannot block, you cannot do use the skate. It's blade and you have to touch the puck first. If not, it, it's a warning. Second warning, it's a two-minute delay of game. So for me, it was just learning that way first. And now I do video with all the centers after each game. So after each game, they receive on their phone, uh, all their face-offs and before our next game I break down the opponent so right now we're playing against uh, bars in the playoffs so let's say Cormier and all those guys I've done like their last five games break down uh, they're good at what and they're good at are their weaknesses and we're, we're working around that.
Um, Mitch, you know, when you were with us here at the rink in Winnipeg, uh, you were coaching, you know, U16 uh, team. Now you're with, uh, you know, you did a little bit with U Sport and then you went on the pro hockey players. Now, what's the biggest difference between, you know, say a, uh, a young teenage, say a U18 player to a pro player? What's the thing that you've uh, kind of noticed? The, the the biggest thing I've learned, and and I'll say it's it's the same thing with youth sports. Like obviously we didn't have a season, but I was still I was there. Um, I was still there. Uh, the pro guys, they are there to do the job. You know, so they show up. Uh, they know what to do. They don't like. They're not late. They get on the ice. They know what to do. They know what to work on. And when it's done, it's done. They go back home. We you you don't have to deal with what you do not control, you know, parents or, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. For me, that was the biggest thing. Uh, the second biggest thing is how you can talk with the players and exchange with them. So let's say today I was giving advice on the face-offs and we only had like five minutes to work on the face-off and it, it finished with 10 minutes of me talking with the centers and trying to give some advice and they were, bouncing back and hey we should try to do this why not and like it was just an, a, a, an open discussion for like 10 minutes because like a lot of them played let's say all mostly all of our rural guys so north america guys play in the nhl american hockey league so that was for me just the biggest thing like how they they are on a day-to-day -day basis like that's their body they know how to take care that's their job and just the communication with them obviously don't get me wrong the language barrier here is huge like 90% of the people in town doesn't talk or understand English players. I'll say more than 60% doesn't understand English at all. So sometimes I have to kind of mime or try to, let's say face off, take the blade and try to show and say no or yes, or, or, or things like that. But like the communication with the players is for me, it's just uh, unreal. And the, the good thing too is like, working at the rink we work with some junior players and you guys work with pro players uh, throughout the summer it's the it's kind of the same chemistry that you can build quickly with them and you can help them but they can help you as well well you kind of answered my uh, next question there jiggy just kind of the language barrier um obviously when you're on the ice a little easier to communicate uh just because hockey's kind of a universal language what's it like for you as a coach um communicating with the other coaches are they do they speak english or do they speak russian and what's it been like you kind of adapting to living in a you know a different country where you don't speak their first language uh thanks to google translate it's uh, i use it every day even if i go to the the grocery uh yandex yandex is like the uh, the cab here it's really cheap uh, honestly, I use it every single day. All the the group chat is in Russian. Uh, lucky, all the coaching staff talk English. So I have Dave who played in the NHL, and I have Sandis Ozolinch, who I think everyone knows him. I speak very well in English. Same thing with uh, Chuby. Um, like they all talk in English, so we're we're fine goalie coach too. Uh, the funniest thing I'll say is sometimes we are uh, in the office and they can they can start talking for maybe thirty minutes in Russian, and I'm there sitting by them and just kind of smiling. And when they <laughs> laugh, I laugh, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but like you know, at least chatting with them, it, it, it's good. Same thing with the GM is not perfect. 
uh, in English, but like I understand 99.9% of, of the things that, that he's saying. Uh, but like you said, coaching X and O's, it's something, uh, but sometimes like I just, I just don't know. So let's say I try to show my skin and try to explain something, but you know, I, we, we try to find some, some solution and we have some English, uh, some Russian players in our team that, uh, can speak, uh, in English. So sometimes they translate. So let's say on the face-offs I have, I think what, three or four players that doesn't speak English. Um, so Simeon, who's the one, uh, the third pick by uh, third round pick by Toronto, uh, he's English and Russian, so he translates. So I talk in English and he translates in Russian, and uh, we 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 go that way. Like there's there's nothing else we, we we can do. So you mentioned you know being in Russia that face-offs are completely different because they can't use their body. Is there any other aspect of the game that has surprised you that's a lot different than the North American game when you're breaking down film? Um, a lot of things. Uh, like the KHL, to be honest with you, is the second best league in the world. And you can talk with the players that have been here that played a long time in the American Hockey League. It is the best league. Uh, the biggest difference is obviously the face-offs, uh, the puck control, the possession of the puck. Uh, like, don't get me wrong, we'll see some dump and chase, but you'll see more carrying the puck, uh, getting at the red line, no options, pinch, bring it back, cross eyes, trying some things like that, uh, way more control at breakout uh, to allow both teams to change. So honestly, we'll see in game a D-man trying to carry the puck, wheel the net, stop it right there, and you have like nine players changing at the same time. That, that is just crazy. And sometimes the D will leave the puck there, the second D retrieve it, and now the D who was still on the ice go for a change, and now we attack off a control breakout. Um, the other thing will be the change, like the, the change up, the line change. Uh, you know, in North America, it could be like five, six, seven feet from the from the bench, and you can make that the, the change, you know, and maybe ten feet if the puck is like in the other zone. Here, I've seen too many men with a guy touching the, the wall, touching the bench. Like too many men, the puck is like three zones far in the corner. Like there's no way it is in the opposite side, and the players is pants he's on the ice but his pants still touch the bench and it's too many men like that is just that it's something else that you cannot cheat and uh, obviously the face-offs with with the warning like the face-off is one thing but the other thing too is like usually let's say north america the first one set up and the second one as soon as he set up and put his blade on the ice the linesman drop it but here it could wait for two, three, five, four seconds because he's kind of in charge of both wingers if they're going to move or, or things like that. So to be honest with you, the North American guys struggle a good part of the year because of that. How does the travel and everything work? Are you guys playing out a central location or is it like a regular travel schedule for you guys? So we're, we're flying for, for, for everywhere because of the road here. It's not like you, you have the highway, you go 120 and, uh, and, and you're good. So we're, let's say we, we just came back on, on, on our last trip, uh, three games away. Uh, we, the bus picked us at the, uh, at the rink. We drive to the airport. So we have an, uh, a big airport at uh, Nizhny and we have our own, our own plane. So we're flying from here 
to wherever we're going. And usually the airport is like 20 to 30 minutes from the rink or the hotel. And uh, from there, we're looking at, uh, do we stay here one more day to have a practice and we fly out after? Uh, do we fly out after the game if we play earlier? Let's say last week, Tractor, we played uh, Moscow time, but it was like later. So we play at 1 p.m. her time. Um, and we stayed a little bit longer there because the uh, facility rank and everything was better for us. Uh, but everything is is done with uh, just flying in and out. So it's uh, that's another good thing about uh, B-Pro. You, you don't uh, bust from Winnipeg to Calgary with a 16 hours bus trip, you know. <laughs> so right now, Jiggy, are you guys playing with fans in the stands or is it completely locked down kind of like the NHL is right here? People will probably don't like what I'm saying, but uh, life is more, it's pretty normal here, to be honest with you. And like, it's, and, and, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm not against the COVID or, or anything like that, but it just feels great to see that what was the life a year ago, you know what I mean? Uh, obviously, like people can think whatever they want, but like, uh, I go to the grocery, we need to have a mask, we need to wash our hands, same thing with the malls. Uh, here at the rink, we have, I think, 30 to 40 percent uh, of the capacity. Uh, but again, uh, people has to be uh, not tested, but the temperature, uh, wear a mask. Uh, they have security guard in the stands who's watching people like who put like, it's okay, you have a mask, but don't put it under your chin like, they, hey, put it back. Uh, some rink. Uh, I'll say they're probably 80% and other ranks, they're probably like 10%. So I don't know what, what is the rule, but it's probably between like CDs or, or things like that. But we're lucky that we, we have fans. And again, it changed, it changed the whole thing. Like you've, you guys, you've watched the NHL and everything, no fans. It, it, it's, it's not the same. So now it's just, it feels great to be part of like just being surrounded by people who's yelling. And even there, I don't know what they're yelling, but they're seeing good things, I guess. Yeah, things are starting to get back to normal. Well, not to normal, but we're starting to open up a little bit slowly, but surely. But uh, I couldn't agree with you more. We can't wait till it gets back to some type of normalcy like we used to remember. It seems like years ago before we, you know, were able to go to a Jets game and cheer uh, the team on. So, yeah. um so in Russia, you know, I've seen lots of clips from all-star games and, you know, just regular season games. And they do things like their, their in-game production is a little bit different, uh, let's say, than the NHL. Uh, anything weird you've seen with their in-game production? Like, uh, have you seen a bear come out on a tricycle? Have you seen uh, a player sing the national anthem with an electric guitar? Any weird stuff? Uh, I'll say... Maybe last year or maybe next year, I'll say yes, because like we, they will allow everyone. So they will try to make more things uh, out of that, I guess. Uh, so at the moment, I'll say on the ice, I didn't notice like nothing happened really. Uh, I know like a couple weeks ago, they have the, uh, the all, we didn't have an all-star game, but it was the, uh, oh, geez, I don't, I don't remember, the mascot. Yeah. Uh, that was, they, they've done their all-star game. Uh, but I'll say like the biggest thing here is like obviously the fans, but they, their support uh, is more like soccer base or football, like they said here. So we have like say, a section in the stands that is kind of, I'll say, uh, 
college student, but like it just to just to give you the big picture, they were pro they, I don't even know if they're college, but like they're playing music, they singing the whole time, uh, and like was the first game here I think or the second game we play against Spartak, uh, and like they were having one section. Uh, with the Spartak fans and we had one section with all the music and the band and everything so the whole game let's say we were singing and as soon as everything was stopped that was their turn like the music and the boom boom and it was like that the whole game so that that was kind of one thing that was funny and, and I'll say like one thing that is just way different is after a game you know North America, like everyone has their own like bench, but everyone go out from like their hallway or like their door. Here, both teams go outside with the same door. It's like where the Zamboni is. And the op opponent, even if they're away, they're cheering on, on the ice with their fans after the game. And after they're just all leaving together, like North America, like they will fight and like they will be nonstop. But here it's like, okay, game is over. It's over. Let's cheer us with the fan. Let's say thank you because we are playing away and we have a, a fan base here and let's just get out. With, uh, with you being there for a little while now, what is like uh, the minor hockey system? Is it there are lots of kids playing hockey there or do they have any sports academies like, you know, like the rink? Uh <laughs> I think the rink is unique, to be honest with you. I don't, uh, like I tr like you said, I travel a lot. Uh, we play, I play against USA team, uh, Canada, and here, like, rink, there's nothing close to to be like rink here. Uh, it's, it's different. There is no, like, hockey school uh, necessarily. Like, there are more programs that are working and trying to, you know, just trying to reach uh, the next level, next level, next level. Uh, obviously, here we have the KHL, VHL, MHL. So it's kind of the uh, National Hockey League, uh, American Hockey League, and Junior Hockey League. Uh, the good thing is some of them are kind of all related together. Uh, so let's say we have a junior team here in Nizhny. So uh, we will have player then sooner than later play for us in the next year or, or, or in two years so we can we can take a look same thing with uh, with the vhl but uh yeah it's you know it's just it, it, it the hockey here it, it's it, it's just different from from north america you know with all the hockey school with all the uh hockey in school and uh, you know it's just it, it it's just different so mitch when you're working with players from russia um, I know when we're working with, uh, you know, players from North America, a lot of them have now started to grow up with skill development. You know, some of them have had skills coaches since they were 10, 11 years old. Um, when you're working with these players on the ice and you're showing them some of this skill development, uh, have they ever seen it before? Have they, do they have skills coaches out there in Russia or is it new to them? And are you bringing something kind of groundbreaking to them? We uh, we're probably one of the only team uh, in the KHL that doesn't have a skill coach, skills coach uh, at the moment. Uh, and I did not really do any skills uh, on the ice because, again, with uh, like, yes, we were on the break for 15 days. But after that, we played like five games in 10 days uh, with the travel and we had to be ready for for the playoffs. So kind of the skills. I work with, let's say, the centers instead of working with the skills. Um, 
mostly they've seen what I'm talking about. The biggest thing I've learned is the words. They're all not the same. Like even here, the fight, like system wise, some words are not the same. Like, uh, let's say for me back in Canada, uh, the second quick, like we talk about the second quick here, it's overload. Like basically it means the same thing, but those guys been tell for years it's overload. So me, I arrive here, hey, second quick guys, let's go, let's go. They don't understand. So I say, oh, maybe it's because I'm English or Russian. No, 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 it's just the words, you know, uh, let's say like neutral zone forecheck. Uh, here it's neutral zone trap. You know, like down the road, we understand, but like just those little words. Uh, and again, like throughout the summer, they have a lot of coaches who can who run like hockey school uh, skills and, and things like that. But I do not know at the moment what it looks like. Uh, but one thing that I know is kind of a lot of high end players uh, travel overseas for a month, usually to just kind of see new stuff and see how it's the North America because uh, honestly, uh, but on, not honestly, but like the biggest thing is hockey is so different uh, that they just want to try something new as well. So Mitch, you're also an author. Uh, you do a lot of work for the coaches site. Um, if anybody out there hasn't checked it out, I think you should check it out. It's really good for, you know, new coaches, old coaches gives a, a lot of good insight. How did that opportunity come about for you, Mitch? So I'll say uh, thanks to uh, the, the only guy who has uh, hair on the podcast, Chewy. Um, for years, they, everyone was telling me, Mitch, you should post your video online. You do a great job. And I was just shy and just, I don't want to start any battles uh, online. Hey, what you said is wrong. Like, so I, I start talking with Chewy and Chewy said, you should do it. You should do it. You should do it. And just one day, I still remember it was uh, last year, Team Canada uh, the assistant coach bears to catch the puck and like the puck was going out and he'd jump and catch it. So I just, that was the first post I've done. And since a lot of good things happened. So it was the same thing as having the German KHL. Uh, they reached me out on Twitter saying, Hey Mitch, we really love what you're doing with your video, breaking down stuff. And, uh, we're looking for a new, um, uh, um, uh, a new coach or writer or whatever how we call that and uh, we want we would like you to take uh, to be part of the coach's side and start writing some uh, articles so i just said yes that's fine but you know that i'm french I do, I, I do not really write like i can do the basic but like breaking down the whole system and with words uh, like if you give me the chance to talk i'll be able to explain it in 15 seconds but writing like how you should play a one, two, two might take forever. Um, so that's like I've done the first one was a success and they asked me a second one. And now I do like between two and four articles a month. I've done all the world junior championship, breaking down mostly all of the teams. And I have to say that uh, Jarv, Jarvis really helped me because every time I finish an article, I just send it to him and he just double check if, uh, I didn't make any mistakes and uh so it's yeah it's been nice so far and again like it, it gets me uh i get better because you know I, i'm lucky to be able to break down some nhl teams or american or major junior but at the same time i learn so i always try to take some subject that that might help me down the road let's say five on three okay i always played that way but 
what what else you know so okay i'm going to do an article on 513 and i'm going to find like five six seven different patterns so now i have that in my back pocket you know so yeah it's been great it's been great so is that how you kind of come up with your topic kind of things that you're working on at the time or do you just kind of you know throw a throw a dart at the dartboard and kind of you know come up with a topic that way uh both like sometimes uh the 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 one who's in charge of the coach's side is rob sometimes i ask him some advice or some topics because like i have no idea like for me everything already has been covered uh and sometimes it's just like by watching a game oh i like that like you know stick on puck or second quick or uh, triggers or so i just start building something uh or sometimes okay uh, i should work this with my players um or i need video because like i have a big uh, archive back home with all the video from everything like you guys with the with the skills so let's say if you do not have the uh, 10 and 2 okay so let's let's do an article on 10 and 2 so at the same time i will work for myself but i will work um, for them and sometimes like i try to ask friends hey do you want me to talk about something because i just have no no idea and since i'm here it's it's a little bit more complicated because like being pro like you you, you mostly work 24 hours a day and now we're getting ready for the playoffs so basically uh since four days now i think i'm doing video for like 20 hours a day because i just try to break down bars like i can tell you all their five on five from losing the face off on the left side to win it on the like i can tell you everything so at least like on our side we're prepared but uh, we'll see what happened but like yeah it's just a little bit more complicated now but like friends help me just finding subjects so mitch you seem like you're a busy guy i mean you just talked about doing video for 20 hours i can't even imagine uh you're an author you're a coach you have all these things going on you know you're pursuing your passion your dream your career uh how hard is that juggling a family at the same time i know you have a big family at home how is that support system for you and maybe just kind of go through with us a little bit how important that is for you it's uh it's it's funny you say that because i'll say like for me right now it's 10 10 p.m and i'll say at 7 p.m i, I break down and in my room because i was thinking about them and I, I like for me it was just a tough day today like nothing bad happened but it was you know those days that you don't feel good so i break down in my room just thinking about them watching pictures and video that's probably the worst thing to do but but still so family is like is everything and you can ask chewy and i think i talk with you too like when i left the rink like for me rink was almost a dream come true uh with everything the way people have treated me there it was just unreal but the biggest decision was to follow my wife and the kids because like i didn't didn't think i could make some hockey without them basically and like i said for me i thought that was maybe the last time i've coached uh, and it was in playoff with Cindy last year. Um, and when I received the offer for the KHL to move here, uh, my wife, two weeks prior to, she was accepted in school for to be to become a nurse. And that was a dream that she had for like 18 years now. And she was always holding on, holding on. No, I can't, I can't, I can't with the kids and everything. And I say, look, we're here. Let's just, let's do it. Like that's, I've lived my dream. I've coached out West. 
you, 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 can't, you, you just got accepted and uh, nurse, just go. So when I got the, the offer in a KHL, I was thinking about it, maybe declining because it was like, it's maybe too much. Like it, it's not, I'll be back in a week. No, I might be back in only three months and she's back at school. So I was thinking, 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 and maybe the client and I start talking with her and I'd say, look, the KHL offered me to go there. And I was thinking maybe not and say, what? No, 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 no. You're a not, mm? you're a jackass and you're going to call them right away and you're going there. I'll figure it out here, even if I'm school. And the other thing too, like in Quebec, we, we shut down, lockdown, curfew. So things are a bit more crazier, I'll say. We bubble, so we cannot see friends or family. Uh, so she said, look, that's your dream. The chance to be pro, you always said to me, the chance to turn pro are 99.9% of not turning pro. So you're gonna, who you are to refuse an offer. Like, yeah, you're kind of right. Like, you're always right. So I just kind of follow my dreams, follow what my wife said. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of, and it's just cool for now because I'm like leaving my dream. And at the same time, she's leaving her dream too. Yes, obviously she's in school, but she's doing what she always wanted to do for the last 18 years. Uh, but obviously, thanks to the Wi-Fi, FaceTime, WhatsApp, so I can talk with her every single day. Uh, the kids can talk with me every single day. And like I'll say every morning or every two mornings, my, my kids are calling me. I can see my son eating cereals for like 10 minutes without saying a word just show me look daddy and he just start eating but you know at least i feel kind of uh, i'm there but even if it's uh, if it's hard to be uh, to be away and not uh, being able to be with them just make sure you bring them home one of those uh russian dolls that have dolls inside of them you ever see those things yeah there's everywhere kids love those i think if you come home with presents after this trip Kids are gonna love it. Yeah, I already bought some clothes and 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 things for for everyone. So so we'll see. <laughs> well, Mitch, we'll 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 get you on your way here. We really appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day talking to us a little bit about uh, what you're doing now, and we wish you all the best of luck in the playoffs coming up. Thank you, guys. Best uh, best of luck to you too. Back on the ice. Yeah. Hey, Mitch, uh, just uh, all the coaches uh, from RHA were still waiting their plane tickets to come for the playoff game. So I'm supposed to tell you that they're still waiting for playoff tickets. Yeah, they're, they're in the mail. They, they should okay. be there uh, in a day or two, I guess. I'll, re I'll pass the message on. Mm -hmm. they, yeah. <laughs> okay, hey, guys, good. have a good day. You too. Well, that was an interesting podcast. Always interesting with uh, Mitch Shiger. He's quite the individual, probably one of the hardest working uh, people on hockey. I could say that I know he kind of lives and breathes and sleeps hockey, but it was great to catch up with him and for him to fill us in a little bit what it's like in the KHL. Yeah, definitely a hard work. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, him working a full shift at the rink, and then he was also doing video with the ice at that time. And I drove him to the ice game and then he put in a full shift at the ice game. And I remember just being like, man, like, does this guy ever stop? Right. And then on top of it, he's got a big family. So hardworking individual, um, nothing but a good guy. So we hope all the best for Mitch and it seems like things are going in a, the right direction for him right now. Yeah, for sure. It's, an, uh, you know, another example of 
a guy that uh, takes advantage of opportunities. I know that when he left here, it was a hard day for him when he left the rink. Uh, he loved being at the rink here. It was a great asset, but, you know, he had to make a choice with family. And then, you know, I know he spent a lot of time just kind of reaching out to everybody he knew. And it's an example how if you keep going, you, you know, you get knocked down you get back up. And he took advantage of the opportunity in KHL. And he's uh, in, in professional hockey now, so give him credit. It's like Chamba Wamba. <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. You get knocked down, you get up again. That's uh, right. All right. Well, what do you got planned for the, the rest of the big man? Well, we got a couple uh, R1 laid law potential uh, meetings with some families. And then uh, going to try and take my little son for a haircut. He's been fighting it. He's, he needs a haircut really bad, but uh, I think I might have to persuade him with McDonald's uh, after for supper. So, Well, as a bald guy, I just got to say, let her grow. Let <laughs> her grow. <laughs> How about you? Well, a, I am. I uh, got a couple one-on-ones tonight, so uh, I'm excited to get out on the ice and work at some skills with some talented hockey players. And then... Uh, go home and watch the Jets game that I PVR'd. So if you see me around the facility at any point, this will already have game has already happened. But if you ever see me around the facility, I never want updates. Okay. So no one ever give me updates because I'm always PVRing the Jets games, but that's okay. about it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn it. I'm going to turn uh, the CJOB on over, uh, over the loudspeaker on the music and the rink. So you can hear everything when you're on it. There you go. Yeah. You'll see you'll see a disgruntled employee out on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chu. We'll have a great day, buddy. We'll talk soon. Okay. Take care, everybody.